As a teacher, I found that different students have different ways that they work best. I'm not a psychologist, so I haven't done any studies, but I know some people love a picture. So you can draw a parabola and you can understand th certain things about it from seeing the picture of a parabola. Other students work algebraically. They think in words and formulas, and if you tell them y equals x squared, uh, then they understand it in, in their own way. Uh, and other people work uh, physically with their hands. You have them build something, and the process of building it lets them over time sort of build a connection to the subject matter. Uh, so I try and get people involved in all of these. When I teach something, I try and give them different perspectives. Hopefully each student will grab onto one and then get a handle on the others. But I think you, you best learn a subject when you really understand it from all these different directions at once. This is a cool little thing. It's hard to appreciate unless you have it in your hands and play with it. But it starts out as a star. So there's a pentagram there. Um, but you can put a star and rotate it, a uh, kind of problem you'll see in a calculus class to create a surface of revolution and there's many problems to find the surface area or the volume of it. Uh, but what I have here, uh, because it's a star and it has these five magnets in it, I can put it back together different ways. You can turn it, there's five different ways it, it goes back together. And it's a wonderful puzzle to visualize how does this roll. When I put this on a surface, how does it go? And it's, it's a simple object that you can look at, and yet it's so hard to visualize. And it's, it's great to do visualization exercises, because there's certain kinds of problems that are best solved by seeing in your mind a kind of a structure. And by practicing on as many different visualization problems as possible, you can build that muscle in your mind. This is something which I brought, which is a rubber band tied in a knot. So this started out as a simple loop. Uh, but then I did something which turns it out to have a, a knot in there, which is uh, fundamentally uh, unremovable. And it's a wonderful puzzle to think about how can you create a knot in a rubber band. A simple way would be to take a rubber band, cut it, tie a knot, and glue it back. But I didn't do that. There's another solution, uh, and I'll leave you with this as a challenge to ponder over. How do I put a knot in a rubber band? And if you want the solution, you can go to georgehart.com and you'll find the answer <laughs> if you need a, a footnote for anybody. So this is a plastic model that illustrates a, an activity I like doing with students where I take a bagel and uh, basically in a few quick cuts in just you know, 10 or 15 seconds, you can cut it into two pieces that are congruent, uh, but they're linked like a chain. And it's a fascinating exercise in topology. It gets students involved in topology. They may not even know what a Mobius strip is, but here's a way to sort of introduce this in a fun activity. Or at a higher level, you can do the calculus problem to calculate how much extra cream cheese do you get because of the increased surface area compared to the ordinary cut. So any good mathematical item can be approached at different levels depending on what the teacher has and what the students are ready to receive. I often get email or, or contact, often years later, from people who come to me, and it's just very rewarding as an educator to, to have a sense that you affected someone's lives. But people will say, I didn't even know what math was until you recommended this book or you did this activity. And it made me realize that there's so much more to math uh, than I was able to learn in the classroom.